The Bleak Feed. Music News Show, January 3rd, 2014. It is the first one of the year. And in fact, I haven't heard uh, from Sean Cannon uh, in a month. It's true. That, that this is the time of year where we stop feeding you and the music news team. Well, here's the deal. I get really sad about the end of every year, so I just curl up in a ball mm-hmm. and hang out in my cave. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that like I have a man cave. I mean that like there's this cave out in my backyard, and that's pretty much what I do. You know what's really funny? To watch you curl up in a ball and cry. We all enjoy it. I mean, it's I you know I do have the Ustream live feed of it. Yeah. Uh, some people like watching it. It's yeah. weird. I don't get it, but hey, whatever. Yeah, you're kind of a hairy fellow, and the thing is... Uh, uh, Sean, he curls up naked, but no one can really tell. It looks like a little baby bear. No, it's like I'm wearing a wool a wool uh, sweatsuit. Yeah, a little baby bear curled up in the cave. Yeah, it's a it's like a black wool sweatsuit. It's pretty gross. Sean gets a month of hibernation, and then <laughs> huh? I never really thought about it. I guess that's what it is. And then he comes out hungry. I just hibernate. Oh, feed me. I have been eating pretty much nonstop. Yeah, winter does that to us. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, let's jump into this. Uh, there, there, there's a there's a list that just came out, Sean, of um of the, the top pirated artists of 2013. I didn't know that was something that we kept track of, but apparently it is. We're, we're to the point where we can now. I guess so. Yeah, Bruno Mars, I know he got first, I think Rihanna second. You know, this really makes me, I'm just going to be honest, makes me lose faith in humanity. Why is that? Because those are the two most pirated people. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Daft Punk's on there, and uh, while Daft Punk fits in the, the pop category, I, I'd like to point out that no one in the top 20 uh, is of just like rock caliber. Every single person is in the pop, whether it's hip hop or just straight up dance. You'll find them on top forty radio. Yeah, basically. So, so the only people that are pir- now, I don't know if that means rock is still selling. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the story. Rock fans, because I'd heard the pirating is actually down like fifty percent. Like yeah. people are are signing up for streaming services and all that, which is encouraging. Sure, they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the numbers don't lie, Sean. Yes, I read it on the, the internet. Numbers don't lie, right? From the internet, right? The money is definitely not there, but uh, but but the top twenty artists are all pirated. Uh, the encouraging thing about this, I feel like this is the first time that the industry, uh, the big wigs, mm. the suits, are finally doing something positive and progressive towards this you know age that we've been in since two thousand. Because what I hear is artists are going to start planning their tours around the demographics of, of these uh, pirating stats. Hmm. Hmm. So you can actually see, uh, you know, with these lists uh, of the, what was it, uh, 7 million people that pirated Bruno Mars or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 5 million. Get it right, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> this, is a, this is a news program. It's a factual news program. <laughs> but, but you are journalists. Yeah, you can see uh, actually uh, where these people are pirating it from. Which, which you know, it's like, okay, we could go after them. You can still go after them. Right. Or we can just plan our tour around them. Right, and because, get money from them anyway. Right, because you can't, they're not, you're never going to get that money back from, from putting them in prison. But you will get T-shirt sales right. and Bruno Mars thong sales. I've seen them. <laughs> they really exist. It's not a joke. Is it I mean, because come you on. have some? Plead the fifth. Uh, let's move on. So, uh, yeah, so this thing, it's a tour thing, right? Yeah, no Bruno Mars thongs, enough of that. Pogues musical. Tell me about this Pogues musical that's happening. Uh, there's a Pogues musical, and it's happening. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So it's the dude from The Wire who created The Wire, right? Right. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, d- uh, David. David Simon? Yeah, David Simon, yeah. Not David Chase. That's the other... That, Someone else. That's the other TV guy. Right. So, I, don't know. I mean, here, here's the deal about this. If it's going to actually be true to life, we were talking about this a minute ago, I cannot wait to see it because it's just going to be a bunch of drunk people <laughs> babbling on stage, falling over one another. 
I'm feeling pretty good about it. Do you think the person that that plays Shane McGowan's role will actually have a falsies where it looks like he doesn't have teeth, or are they going to go True Grit? You know, because like The Wire, that's that's kind of a True Grit show, right? And, he, and he's got to find someone that actually doesn't have teeth. Hmm. Now that's a good question. Yeah. Weird casting call. <laughs> Uh, it, it's gonna be like, all right, uh, uh, here's the here's the music and here's everything, and the guy's gonna be, lead singer is gonna be like, oh, you didn't send me a lyric sheet, and he's like, you don't worry about the lyrics, just doesn't matter. First of all, you don't have teeth. Second of all, you're a drunk. Right. You, I mean, you came in on this call sheet. That's what it said. It said we need someone with no teeth who drinks way too much, and you think you're gonna have to sing words? Yeah. No. Yeah. Apparently, no David Simon is a very big uh, Pogues fan. He's used it in a bunch of his shows. Yeah, it's true. Uh, which is weird. Because you know nothing says nothing says uh, Baltimore like <laughs> like the Pogues. the Pogues. Boston Boston sure. that would have worked you know I guess it's yeah that but whole that's thing still nah. no it's nah. not even then that that's the Dropkick Murphys yeah we're still a, w- a little bit away they said they have first draft on this one but uh, do look for that to happen the first draft oh boy <laughs> it's, it's really the only one you need it doesn't have to be perfect again there don't even need to be words on the page either <laughs> that's the thing if that's what this is gonna be that's it if this is gonna be about the Pogues. You don't need words. You don't need a story. You don't even really need a melody. You don't. Uh, two weddings, two funerals. Uh, Albert Hammond Jr. of The Strokes got mm-hmm. married. Here's a fun thing, Sean. Uh, his wife, I forget her uh, her first name, but his wife, uh, you know, she took on his name, Hammond. Uh, she also took on Junior. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, her name is like Samantha Hammond Jr. Samantha Hammond Jr. I don't know. Her, her name's not Samantha. Junior. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually went all, all out. You know, we know out. We don't know Albert. You know, it's Albert Hammond Jr. Right. Well, what if she hyphenated her name? And what if it's something like uh, Samantha Hammond Jr. Rothstein? <laughs> See, yeah, that would work even better. Sick of the junior, like smushed in the middle. But was but the question is, is that hyphenated too? Though is oh, it Hammond oh, hyphen Jr. hyphen Rothberger? Yeah. <laughs> is this a Jewish? Th- is, I, don't I don't know. I don't know if Albert's, know. Albert's I'm, Jewish. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we keep using those last names. <laughs> Uh, it just makes it funnier because Hammond just seems like a you know a generic uh, waspy name. Yeah, yeah, a generic organ. Yeah, very good. Uh, John McCauley from Deer Tick also big congratulations. He married um, a somewhat uh, recent girlfriend uh, Vanessa Carlton. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't feel like they've been together for a long time. Uh, she, you, you remember her? She was. Sure, uh, she's the, the call me of, maybe. That's not her, but no? yeah, it's, oh. it's close. The Friday. It's still keep going. Further back. Keep going. Jeez, uh, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> she did a thousand miles. She was a piano songstress. A thousand right, miles. Yeah. yeah, and I would walk a thousand. <laughs> not still. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, you got it. That's I, right. I, I'm getting closer. Yeah, right. That, that was it. Uh, no. So John McCauley, Vanessa Carlton got married. Stevie Nicks officiated the wedding. Hmm. Yeah, Vanessa and Stevie. She's kind of been like uh, the godmother of uh, interesting Stevie Nicks. Or so that means like that. that she's an ordained witch. She is. You think it was a Wiccan wedding? Huh. Yeah, could you got to hope, right? Could have been a Wiccan. Wouldn't that have been fun? I mean, it's like that scene from the Doors movie. (laughs) I just hope that they're all wearing cloaks. (laughs) John McCall in a cloak. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'd like to see. Uh, Patrick Callahan from My Morning Jacket. Apparently, he's the one that introduced Vanessa Carlton and John McCauley. Weird. See, he'd he'd look good in a cloak, wouldn't he? He's kind of got that, you know, that that arm thing he does in the uh, My Morning Jacket, where it's like kind of robotic and almost satanic like. The beard, the hair, all of that together in a nice cloak. Yeah, he would have been the uh, the uh, the wizard, the uh, the warlock. That's what I'm looking at. He was the warlock. There you go. (laughs) To Stevie Nicks, witch. (laughs) They would look cute together like that, all dressed up. Yeah, they would. On a sadder note, so two weddings, two funerals. Uh, Yes. Uh, First, I want to hit James Avery. Now, most people know him as Uncle Phil. 
Philip yes, Banks. That's true. From uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. We lost him this week, uh, age 65. Uh, I find this interesting and musical related. Uh, obviously, because of the Fresh Prince, it is rare, Sean, that you get a sitcom that has such an impact in the musical world that's actually not a musical and actually really doesn't have anything to do with music in in the uh, the storyline. Right, other than the fact that the guy from the show did, yeah. does music away from the show right. and did the opening theme, though. Right, but, but that says something like how big of an impact that had. Uh, not only on black culture, but uh, on uh, white college kids for uh, every generation since, it of seems course. like. Uh, that, uh, you know, do back-to-back Saved by the Bell and uh, Fresh Prince of wow, L.A. Uh, reruns. That's a sad thing. <laughs> Don't act like you haven't watched it. No, I'm just saying it's sad for me to think about that, like yeah. doing those two things back-to-back on yeah. a Saturday morning. Man, I wasted a lot of my life. Yeah, Did you waste it? Was it wasted? Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, how many times have you done the Carlton dance, huh? Oh, more than I'd care to admit. Yeah. Also, so many times I've quoted that, uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so That was, uh, yeah. was uh, Saved by the Bell, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, that's, they're back to back. That's Drug how episode. it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, it's, it's interesting. You know, the reach of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was so strong that it even brought Tom Jones into black culture. Right, which is an insane thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, like you have one of the whitest things possible. Yes. Working in black culture. That's nice. That's I mean, I guess you could say it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if I would say working. I He appeared on a sitcom. Adopted. Uh, Allowed in. Okay, it's sure. Brought to the party. Sure. He's friends with Mavis Staples. That, that's, that's something right there. I guess. Yeah, so so James Avery, uh, Uncle Phil, uh, we, we did lose him this week at age 65. It's very sad news. Uh, all joking aside. Uh, Sean, uh, though you do a very, very mean Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme, it's 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 particularly spirited. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, maybe we'll include that after this. Yeah, maybe that's uh, the the hidden track at the end of the, uh, yeah. the podcast here. Maybe I'll throw that on. Uh, Benjamin Curtis, he's the other one I wanted to bring up today. Yeah, this is uh, this one is much more relevant to uh, music fans mm-hmm. because you know he was responsible, or at least partially responsible, for some pretty. Uh, Pretty amazing songs. Yeah. It's pretty good bands. I didn't know about his earliest days. He was in uh, Tripping Daisy. Is that the yeah. name of the, Yeah. yeah. He, he started in that. Yeah. Uh, huge influence on, on both of us with yeah. his uh, band that he co-founded with his brother called The Secret Machines. That came out in the so uh, good. Yeah, early 2000s. I think he was only part of the first two records before he uh, split off yeah. to form uh, School of Seven Bells. Another great band yeah. that, uh, I, I, you know, the thing about his music that always appealed to me is there was a very real way in which it defied expectations mm-hmm. but not in a not in a ridiculous manner right i don't know if that makes sense well i don't think it's overselling it really to call him an innovator i, no, mean, I think that's fair yeah you know he took this slick um nearly what you would think is electronic rock but it always came from real instruments in a, in a real place and you know, back in the early 2000s, he was one of them that was um, that was spearheading that, right. even though uh, all of his bands, uh, unfortunately, uh, criminally, as they say, flew under the radar. Uh, so, so very true. So we lost him to uh, uh, non-Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma, right? Is- uh, T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. Yeah. Which I think is right. something similar yeah, to that. It's yeah, it's crazy. I know last year... Uh, when when he uh, when he you know revealed that that he had it, it just came out of nowhere. It was it really yeah. just a punch to the gut? Uh, you know they, they said we're working on everything, and then throughout the year there were these great benefit concerts, uh, but there was just no good news that ever came from it. And and there was an announcement. I feel like it was around last September, September October, where he said, at this point the doctors have said they've done all that they could do, and yeah. it was a matter of time. 
So we lost him uh, December 29th. Yeah. It's, so. uh, you know, hit me pretty hard. But whenever something like this happens, you know, the only thing I can think is they left us yeah. the music. Right. And that's what they wanted us to have. Right. And at the end of the day, I can still listen to... Uh, Secret Machines, and remember the good times. Yeah, it's true. And if you haven't, listener, if you have not heard that Secret Machines or School of Seven Bell stuff, please dig out those records. If uh, you haven't, you are wasting your life. <laughs> watching Save by the Bell and the Fresh Prince. See what I mean? Back that's, to back. That's what I'm over saying. Over and over. That's the problem. Listen, the endings don't change. They're the same as they've always been. You know, I always keep open. Uh, so, so moving on, uh, Hendrix. Uh, the last two years, there's no, there's no good seg from there. No, uh, Hendrix. The last two years of his life uh, was spent in a London apartment uh, that um, people have been trying to get turned into a museum for years. It's finally going to be turned into a museum. Oh. That's cool. You can now go into Hendrix's flat. Uh, the cool thing about it is, right next to it, uh, Handel. Right, uh, right. George yeah. Frederick Handel. That was his place. That was his place. So you kind of and, and Hendrix knew that apparently. By the way, uh, when he lived there, he would seek out Handel's music and bring it back home. Oh, is that and, true? And I guess play it. That's true. He was like, "Hey, I'm I'm right beside Handel's shag pad. What's up with that?" <laughs> I hope he used that word. I really hope. I hope. I hope Handel used that term. <laughs> hey, come to my. Sh- <laughs> Uh, anyway, now, so both of them are museums. Handel's has been a museum for a while. Hmm. Uh, both of them are going to be museums now, and and apparently they're going to do this exhibit. Uh, that's like uh, the the lineage of classical music to uh, to rock music. I don't know that any oh. other place exists like that. So it's going to kind of be like the H and H Music Factory. The H and H Music Factory. Is that? I, I feel like. Wow. That's, no. Wow. Yes. 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 That's going to be the big plaque, the big sign, the big neon flashing sign from Handel to Hendrix, the H and H Music Factory. <laughs> we have to go. We have to go to the grand opening. Now I'm trying to remember what. Gonna this... make you sweat. There you go. Sweat. <laughs> I just now now we need the lineage from C and C to H and H. We need C we need to the H and H D D the E E. Yeah, there you and go. And so on. The D yeah. The D and D music factory. Yeah. I would be into that actually. <laughs> I would D&D like music. I would like to see the D and D music factory. Lots of warlock cloaks, I'm assuming. Oh, Patrick Callahan and uh and Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Nicks. That's what that is. It's the D and D music factory. <laughs> hey, have you seen Inside Lewin Davis, Cohen Brothers flick yet? You know I haven't, and I'm sad about that because I love the Cohen Brothers and mm-hmm. I know that that movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, loosely based on Dave Van Ronk, sure. uh, his yeah. life. He he was uh, part of the uh, the early uh, village. Greenwich Village folk scene. He was one of the first people that Bob Dylan stole from. That's true. Yeah. House of the Rising Sun. Yeah. Dylan actually stole his version of that. That's a true story. Dylan actually stole his version of a song that he <laughs> did. This, wait, wait, what? Well, Dave Van Ronk, he never became famous. Right. Um, but uh, the Coen brothers kind of plucked it out. Uh, and it's, um, what's his, uh, Isaac Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Oscar. Oscar it's, it's, Isaac. It's two, it's two, it's two first, first names. names yeah. you know, and so it's one of the other two. He's playing them. But apparently... Uh, the Coen Brothers and T Bone Burnett auditioned lots of musicians yeah. for the lead role. It was first. A, it was a long and arduous task uh, to the point where apparently they said they had almost just completely given up on finding anyone. And yeah. I don't know what that does. That just mean you don't, you don't make, make the movie? movie. Yeah, it's the Coen Brothers. They got like ten ideas all the time. Yeah, that's know? fair. This yeah. this one just so happened to be the one that was the least ridiculous. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't. But but then Oscar Isaac, uh, he walked in and they got it. Uh, one of those people, as we found out in Interview Magazine. Mm, uh, Connor, interview Magazine. Connor Oberst and Oscar Isaac, or Isaac Oscar, they, they're interviewing each other in Interview Magazine, and Connor Oberst uh, comes out and says, by the way, I was one of those people. Uh, I didn't know huh. that he could act. I didn't know he wanted to be an actor. Well, he didn't get the role, so he probably... Was not an actor yet. Can't act. 
So, <laughs> yes. that, I mean, that's. I mean, maybe Winona Ryder was encouraging him, pushing him. Hey, mm-hmm. baby, go on and do that. Are they together? I don't know if they still are, but I think they were for a minute. Yeah, we really are a gossip mag, aren't we? Maybe that's where they. Well, maybe that's where they got. <laughs> that's where he got the urge. You know. Yeah, that he's was like, it. maybe I'll try some shoplifting. They kind of look maybe like I'll each try other. Some acting. That's one of those couples that uh, the two people kind of look like each other. Right. Yeah. And now I feel gross thinking about you it. You have a few of those couples, you know. That, yeah. That's one of those. Brad yeah. Pitt, Angelina Jolie. I'm really suddenly attracted to Connor Oberst. I've always been. Oh, so that's no different? No. So Connor Actually, Oberst... Now I'm, now I'm surprisingly attracted to Wynonna Ryder all of a sudden. <laughs> Connor Oberst in the Heathers remake. Ooh. Yeah. Connor Oberst in Edward Scissorhands. Connor Oberst minute, no. in Autumn in New York <laughs> with Richard Gere. <laughs> no, Connor, Connor Oberst in uh, Edward Scissorhands would be good uh, if, if he's... If he was Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, or Vincent Price's character. Ooh, nice. And Winona Ryder was Edward Scissorhands. All right, all right, uh, Tim Burton. We need to make this happen. Let's do it. We need to, or Coen Brothers. Heck for that. Uh, you know what? I would. I, w- I think I would much prefer to see the Coen Brothers rendition of Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> uh, as long as Tim Burton still wrote the script. It's true. Uh, finally, Kinks. We've heard it's possible, but I guess it's it's really nearly possible, right? Yeah. So you know, I've never been too enthusiastic about a Kinks reunion in mm-hmm. terms of the prospects of it happening. Mm-hmm. But apparently, mm-hmm. it's real close. You know, a few months ago, Dave Davies said that it was a 50-50 chance, and it's Dave Davies, right. so right. who listens he, to that guy? <laughs> uh, he said the ball's in Ray's court. Right. And that's, that's where things die. Right, and that's where they've always died. Things always. come to Ray's court and he shoots them. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes just murders them with a, with a, with a sport. No, 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 not Phil Spector. This isn't Phil Spector's oh, court. that's Ray, different. Yeah, Ray Davies, different guy. Hair, not so weird. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> It, that's what usually happens. Yeah, I'm assuming Dave's like, hey, Ray, man, I need the, I got nothing, I got, dude. I, got, I don't have the hits. And then Ray says, too bad. Mm. Leave me alone. Get together with an Oasis brother. <laughs> <laughs> and that usually works. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, now Ray Davies said that it's, quote, as close as it's ever been yeah. to happening. Which could, I mean, in my mind, I think that that means it's close to happening. But it hit me that what he could be saying is... You know how it's never been close? It's still just that close. <laughs> so I'm I, at first, at first when I first heard it, I thought, right. "All right, we're going to get a Kinks reunion." Yeah. Then it slowly dawned on me, maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he meant that it's still not close. It wasn't close before. <laughs> close as it's ever been. And to it's just as close as it has ever been. It's genius. Uh, I'd hope. I hope that's not true. Well, what they have said is if they do reunite, there's going to be an album. They don't want to just go out there and rehash right. the hits. Uh, so that's the bad news is they're going to try to make a new record. Well, you know what? they, In my mind, they were good all the way up until the end. Not as great as they were in their heyday They were in as the close 60s. as they were to good yes, as they ever were. Exactly. It was as close <laughs> to not bad as it ever was. All right, Sean Cannon, thanks so much for dropping in. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right, I guess. Yeah, put your clothes back on. No. All right, fair enough. That's right, I've been doing this all naked. In in your fur. (laughs) What's the difference? Goodbye.